spread love. Doom, 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 spread love. Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to POV with Kristen Gilmore, where I interview interesting people that you and I are getting to know together. This podcast was created to enlighten, enrich, and inform. The basis is to spread love and extend God's grace to yourself and others. Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to another episode of POV with Kristen Gilmore. I'm so excited to have you join me today. Today, I am getting back to my beginning format, where you and I got to meet interesting and fascinating people together. I am blessed to have the beautiful Natasha Silverbell with us today. She is a dear friend of a dear friend that I met through another great human. Thank you, Joanna, and thank you, Michelle. Natasha, I'm excited to get to know you more via conversation. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me, and thank you to Joanna, who's the ultimate in connection. She has a lot of grace as she and makes introductions, so it's really a pleasure. That's fantastic. Um, you know, good people find good people and connect with good people. Natasha, can you please tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure, my pleasure. Well, I'm actually calling in today from uh, our family cattle ranch in Montana. I would say in my heart of hearts, my favorite place to be is here. It's my sanctuary. I was born in Billings, Montana, and our ancestors homesteaded this valley. So we come from a lot of perseverance and doing what's necessary to survive. And just thinking about that lineage in the seventh generation sitting here, it just I'm really in awe of history and time and gratitude for everything my ancestors have accomplished to make it possible for me to be not only alive, but here today and to respect the history and everything that's come from it. I suppose one of the most important pieces is, as you mentioned earlier, is the word grace. It's something that means a lot to me. And it it lends itself into the business of what I do today is showing compassion and grace with clear boundaries and creating uh, next steps for families to know how to help their loved ones. So in an essence, that's my, a little bit of my past, but my storyline comes from, uh, I left Montana as a young girl with my family. We ventured to Michigan and through beauty pageants and modeling, I ended up in New York City as a Ford model. And I had quite a successful career pretty fast, but with anything that comes fast, it leaves fast. And I became a slave to drugs and alcohol and um, people pleasing. And so for me, my journey led me into a relationship that wasn't very healthy. And uh, by God's grace, I did have three beautiful, healthy children from this relationship, um, which I then uh, found the strength to move away from for safety. Um, most importantly, and become the sober mother that I always dreamed of. And this August 5th, I'll have um, 14 years of continuous sobriety. Um, There's much more there, but I'll pause and and lean back into your questions. Wow, Natasha. I mean, that part of your story is, mm, I love how you, you went straight there to every experience you've had in that journey. You know, one thing I've learned is vulnerability Our vulnerability helps other people be vulnerable. When did you learn, when did you figure out your purpose? Oh, what a beautiful question. Isn't that so important to learn? Um, I never figured it out. It figured me out. My passion found me. It called me because 
I was sober and I was present. And for me, I, I, some people say, well, how do you know if you have a problem with drugs or alcohol? And only that person can really make that decision in my humble opinion. And so for me, if I pick up a drink or a drug, I become a harm to myself or others. And so as I began to truly understand, I needed to have a sober mind consistently, not just six months here, three months there, which of course I tried for many years before I found complete sobriety. I, I realized that we have a saying in the recovery world that you have to be mindful of the people, places, and things that you find yourself in. And so I had to move away from those old narratives that were normal to me, but they weren't serving me anymore. And I had to be patient in the present moment to create something that I had no idea what it was going to be, but I had to move away from the father of my children. I had to, besides getting sober, I had to get a divorce. And in New York City with three kids, that's not an easy thing to do, especially when you don't have a college degree and and walk into the unknown, which I was willing to do. I was willing to let go of everything I thought I knew and move into a safe place. And I did that and I took a year to heal. And in my healing um, I did many modalities. I did therapy. I did 12-step programs. I did acupuncture. I, I sponsored people. I learned how to care for myself and others in a way that felt so healing. And in that process, I have been curious about becoming a coach or certified as a recovery coach, or and I wasn't so sure about it, but I explored it. And I explored other um, career opportunities. I was doing event planning with Russell Simmons. I was you know, as a former model, I didn't have that many skill sets, but I did understand business um, and how to maneuver in New York City. And so what felt appropriate to me as I made the decision to accept this lawyer's invitation to coach this first mother of two who was going to lose custody of her kids if she didn't stay sober. And that was my first position that it just was my calling. And I haven't looked back since. And that was 12 years ago. Goodness. Mm-hmm. You wonder how life in such a short period of time, I, I looked at you, you are, of course, beautiful. And if someone were to judge you, they judge you wrong. But of course, that's why we're not supposed to be judging people at all. They may see you as having it all figured out or as life being given to you on a silver platter. And, and I love it when in life we get it wrong. People show us that we have no right to. You know, they show us that it's not our place to, to tell their story and that you get to decide or to show that you're one of the people who we can be. Because if mm -hmm. we look at you, we don't think that we that that's possible for ourselves. Mm -hmm. When did you decide to tell on yourself to save other people? Oh, you know, I've never had a moment where I, I said, oh, today's the day. It's something within me that I'm a very transparent person. I always have been. Um, some people would say I'm an oversharer. So that's something I've worked on because not everybody can handle my truth. So I try to be as mindful about what I say to whom. So I think that's just in my DNA to be as helpful as I can to the person in front of me. And if my story, I've never been embarrassed about it. I have shame, of course. And I think there is a difference there. And I wouldn't say I have guilt anymore, and shame is something uh, I work on, but the, the embarrassment, it's almost as if God has graced me with this ability to just 
say, here's my story as an offering of service to be of help to others. And, you know, you mentioned something about how thank you for being vulnerable because of my physical appearance, one wouldn't assume or creates a narrative that wasn't my reality. And, you know, I'm a human being. And I was raised in a, a Christian community called Seventh-day Adventism in Michigan, where my parents moved and became teachers in that, in that industry. Um, and I was raised in Andrews University is the world headquarters for Seventh-day Adventists, the global missionary program and uh, university. And it, was the, it is the number two most international community in the United States. And so I grew up with people named Dari, Melfine, Camille, Bianca. These, these are human beings to me. They're not races or cultures or male, female. They're just human beings. And so I think as much as um, I, I had to grow away from that community in order to appreciate it, I value what it did instill in me. And so um, I work as a writer because I have a severe form of dyslexia. Um, and she helps me hone my words as I do know God has given me a gift to speak clearly. Writing is a challenge for me. And she says, you came into New York and it wasn't a culture shock for you. And I'll say, you're correct. I didn't understand why people associated as a Jew or a wasp. It was just like, or an Italian. It's like, that's Joe, that's Susie, and that's Bob. You know, they're human beings. And so I think that's just something that's from my genesis that gives me a different way of seeing the world, if that's helpful. Absolutely. I love that how you said, you know, basically I'm paraphrasing that God has been a foundation for you. And that's how, that's how I'm taking it. Your love for the Lord made it so you could see people as people. That's right. That's, that's right. wonderful. You know, a lot of us, even with God as foundation, I'm a preacher's kid. <laughs> okay, we can go there today, can we? Right? <laughs> and I had to find my own journey. I believe you're aware of this, but your testimony from your life experience will change the world. And you, I know you're unstoppable because I have chills. Like I've literally had chills for the majority of this conversation. <laughs> well, learning how to discern the voice of the Lord is something that I suppose I was, if we are going to talk about embarrassment, I was always embarrassed to be a Christian. And it actually wasn't until I surrendered and, and crawled into the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous AA, which we like to refer publicly as a 12-step program because we are supposed to remain anonymous at press, radio, and film. So I let people discern how they want to identify with that. But for me, I had been so beaten down with Christianity that if you didn't do it this way, you weren't a good enough Christian. And so I retaliated against all organized religion as part of my rebellion, but it's like the prodigal son. I went and had my journey and you don't know what is good, right, or wrong until you go through it yourself. You can be a preacher's daughter, and, a, and my mother's a psychologist, a psychologist's daughter, and you can be taught everything, but until you have the lived experience and then come out the other side. So what my company has done is now created a bunch of warriors and soldiers, Vietnam vets, if you will, of the recovery world. They have literally died to themselves and been born again in their chosen path to develop a relationship with a higher power of their understanding. And that's what AA taught me. The 12 steps room said, we don't care what you believe, just believe in something bigger than yourself. And I thought, wait a minute here, hold on. <laughs> You're not going to tell me what to believe, which then ignited my, my journey into finding God 
as I wanted to relate to him, who I do identify as a male pronoun because it feels comfortable for me, but I believe God is non-binary in every sense of the word. And it led me back to finding Christ through my own path, through my own understanding. And I became a proficient student of what the history, the evidence, and every book from C.S. Lewis to Emmett Fox, you could read from Tolstoy to understanding what true Christianity is, which is a relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's it. Ooh, Natasha. You don't understand everything you're gifting me right now. I'm sorry I interrupted you, but I want you to tell me the name of your company because I want people to become a part of these warriors you keep telling me about. I'm listening. <laughs> it's called Silver Bell Coaching, which is actually my name, Natasha Silver Bell. And I'll, I'll digress for a moment in, the, in that because I do believe in Shakespeare that um, what's in a name. And I think your name is really important and why your parents would choose to call somebody by their name. And so, but I wanted to segue really quickly. I had married a, a gentleman who was a father of my children. He was Jewish. He was what you would call a reformed Jew, which is very different than an Orthodox or a conservative Jew, which my now fiance is a conservative Jewish man. And the word Israel means those who wrestle with God. And to me, Christianity can't be here without Judaism. To me, all of the history and all of the, the, just everything. I was a history major in college before I dropped out. And I just love, love ancient archaeology and the study of ancient civilization. So with that, going back to a name. So my parents, I'm the youngest of three daughters. And my sisters are Margaret and Kimberly. But I was born with the name Natasha. And my parents just loved that name. Dr. Shavago was new film at the time when I was born. And so they just loved that name and decided to call me Natasha. And from Montana, that's a little odd, even though I do look tall and blonde and Russian. I'm not. I'm Swedish and Norwegian and English and German and um, French descent. And so my parents named me that. And I grew up with a very kind of exotic name for the Midwest, if you will. And I then later researched what did my birth name mean? It means born on Christmas Day. It's the derivative of Natalie, the nativity. And so it means Christ's child. And so, of course, my, uh, my teenage self wanted to rebel against that. I didn't want to be a child of God. I wanted to be a rebel. And I think that is part of the, being a child of God is that you have to rebel against something that you don't understand. So I married my first husband, which was Tom, and uh, his last name was Silver. And I went through a lot of adversity with him, and I, I did accept his name. And so I was Natasha Bell Silver. But then when I got sober and realized I needed to leave the marriage to be the sober mother I knew I could become, I took my maiden name back, which then put the silver lining in my name. So Natasha Silver Bell gives me that ring actual ring, but I wouldn't have it in the right order had I not gone through it. So as much as I may struggle and work on forgiveness and action towards the father of my children, he actually is the biggest blessing and teacher in my life to know how I can become the woman that God wanted me to be. What a powerful, a powerful journey, powerful. I don't, I wouldn't even say it circle because it's not complete yet, but no arc you know, to what's next. Um, okay. I want to ask you, how, how can people get in contact with you and your company? What's your website? 
sure. It's um, we did a brand audit a few years ago by God's grace, my company's and it's an 11th year and it's uh, silverbellcoaching.com, just like it sounds, Silver Bell. And uh, we are now called SBC Global. Uh, God has taken the initiative to have a global reach through my company. And I am incredibly humbled by that. And if they were to do an inquiry at Silver Bell Coaching on the website, they can get in contact with me or find my profile on LinkedIn. Um, it's Natasha Silver Bell. Fantastic. I have one more question for you. If there was one thing you'd want people to take away from meeting you, what would it be? Um, to move through their fears. Now, I'm not talking about the fear of jumping off a bridge. That's our consciousness saying to keep safe. You don't want to jump off a bridge that would put yourself in harm's way. What I'm talking about is that small, scared person inside of you that's afraid to start a new business, that's afraid to maybe leave a relationship that's not healthy. Being a, a prisoner to fear, you are trapped in your own jail cell, and it's the scariest, most lonely place to be. And I spent some time there uh, for a good 13-year run, but I was a prisoner only to myself. No one had chained me anywhere. I, I, I didn't know how to move through that fear. And it was only because of another person's compassion and kindness where they extended their hand and said, would you like to come with me and follow me? And I had had a lot of people throughout my 13 year journey, um, shall we say in the desert or in prison, if you will, if you think about scripture, I was in my 13 year prison and I didn't know how to get out. And many hands had offered and I had been too afraid to reach back. And finally, the scariest thing I ever did was when I finally reached back on August 5th of 2008 was when I finally reached back and it was, the hand of grace that pulled me up. And I would encourage people to take that leap of faith. Natasha, Oof. this was for me. <laughs> this was for me. Thank you. You're so welcome. I'm so glad you listened to the Holy Spirit. Me too. Okay. I'm going to pull myself <laughs> and I'm going to give you what I give every single one of my guests. It's a. Oh, thank you. Thank you for living in your purpose. Thank you for showing all of us what we can do when we walk outside of fear. If we die to ourselves. If we take a step and watch the Lord part the sea. Um, Amen. Mm, mm, mm. Thank you for showing us not to be afraid to say his name, to live in our purpose, mm. to pursue our dreams fully. Mm -hmm. You all listen. <laughs> you are just as blessed as I am. If you are hearing this in this moment, it's not accidental. It's on purpose. It is to push you to the change, to push you to be your best self, to prepare you for what's to come, what you've prayed for, what you've asked for. The Lord mm -hmm. is waiting on us. He is so patient. He is waiting on us. And he's mm -hmm. going to bless us with a huge testimony. Notice I said us. He's going to bless us with a huge testimony that we can share so we can bring more souls to him and share our own lights that he's blessed us in. There's just one you. There's just one Natasha Silverbell. And the Lord created you, Natasha, with everything you need to survive. And you are 
You have opened your arms to share it with the rest of us. I appreciate you dearly, dearly. Thank you so much for having me today. And I feel so connected. Thank you so much, Joanna, for bringing us together. Thank you, Joanna. You all, make sure you check out silverbellcoaching.com as well as Natasha Silverbell on LinkedIn. Watch your life change. Thank you for joining us. Till next time. Bye. Thank you for joining us for another episode of POV with Kristen Gilmore. See you next time. Bye. Ha. Ooh.